it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. How many superheroes does it take to lock up a psycho killer? More than two, apparently. They can't be here for Salinger. Not unless someone at the station tipped them off. Mr. Salinger, weren't you caught with the victim's body parts at the train yard? Let me be stunningly clear. Are you kidding me? And why hire a defendant? I was he arrested. The police were wildly misinformed. Our job just got harder. Absolutely no connection. Told her he slaughters people and babysits their body parts. Hence, Mr. Salinger is walking out of this building a free man. She's cashing in. She needs the exposure to put the shine back on her. Panels to Pixels, Jessica Jones, Season 3, Episodes 7 and 8. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show, I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And Steve, we're doing episodes seven and eight, and a lot goes on in these two episodes. Yeah, these two episodes are pretty jam-packed. The, the first one, episode seven, a.k.a. the double half Wappinger. By the way, I just want to note, I spent the whole episode waiting for how they were going to say this and why, where this was going to come in. So I was really pleased when at the end we got the dad saying the, the title of the episode. I was really excited about that because I was waiting. I was, how are they going to fit this into, like, where, how is this going to fit into our episode? Well, but anyway. <laughs> not to cut you off, but Wappinger Falls is a town in upstate New York. It's, right. it's literally about 35 minutes away from my house. So Very cool. I know it. And I've yeah. been there. I've done installations for a company I'm not going to talk about. But <laughs> I do home theater installations, and I've done a, many a variety. So as soon as they said, watch Wappinger Falls, I'm like, yes, <laughs> awesome. I know cool. that. Yeah, I just it was just one of those things that when I saw the the – episode title it just took me a second to go how are they going to fit this in so i mean i i you know i got that it's the name of the place but still it's a it being a wrestling move makes it even more more better but anyway let's start with what happens in this episode so so we have salinger and he retains the law firm of hogarth and associates for his defense he's released from jail and he calls this big press conference where he drops jessica's name and jessica and trish um they travel to his hometown to try to figure out his first kill. Malcolm returns to the law firm and finds out that Salinger is a client, but he does he does decide to join the investigation against Salinger. So he's kind of working both sides. Jerry wants him to help. Jerry and, and Zaya realize that the other superpowered female with Jessica is targeting their firm. Jerry orders Zaya to figure out who, how the masked woman got her information, and Zaya discovers that Malcolm met her in his office and talked with her. Malcolm and Jess see uh, Salinger at his wrestling coach job, and he challenges Jessica to a wrestling match. Trish reveals her super-powered self to the newspaper. 
Dum dum dum. Dum dum dum. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff happened, and it was weird because a lot of disconnected things happened in this episode, but they all kind of come together. Yeah, and there's a lot of intriguing stuff that I liked about this episode, too. Yeah, and I, I'm sure we're going to get into them when we get into our top five. And we'll drop our top five now. So what was your number five? So my number five is just, as I kind of stated in the synopsis, this uh, Salinger kind of calling out Jessica and exposing that there's another female vigilante out there. You know, what he said about superpowered people shows that in his psychosis, he's kind of switched over to going after heroes now. Remember, that was the thing at the end of the last episode. Jessica and Eric were talking about, well, we've kind of released him against superpowered people now, and that's what... uh, what he's going to do. And I thought it was really interesting. Also in the scene, we kind of see Jerry kind of displeased with him because he didn't tell her what he was going to do. And, you know, Jerry's such a control freak. And as a lawyer, she wants to always know what's happening and what's going on that that really didn't, uh, didn't make her very happy. Yeah. My number five would be the road trip that Jessica and Trish take to Wappinger's Falls, New York. It's pretty much not too far from me, like I said before. Plus, it was filmed there. I recognized the layout of the town. All this to get information about Salinger. The police are protective of their people and former residences. Now, it was weird how when Jessica walks into the precinct and tries to get information, and they're very restrictive, and they're being pretty much prejudiced towards her because they know she's powered, and... That really took me for a loop for that. I'm like, wow, there's no respect. Yeah, it's one of those things that you you don't you don't uh, you don't expect to see it, especially when Jillian pointed out the fact that no one was allowed to. They weren't going to fax or let or email any copies of the case files. But yet, as soon as Jessica walks in there, the officer knows who she is and shows her her laptop and says, see, I saw the video of you on there talking about one of our people because she knows Salinger and she was the the deputy who worked the case when his brother got, you know, when the tractor killed his brother. She said she was the one that went out and got him. And so you really see the close knit kind of thing of this town. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a small town. So that's usually how everything works. Uh, people have grown up and you know there if you are in a city area you don't really know half the people that are out there but if it's a smaller town usually you get to know when i moved from staten island up to where i am now in pauling new york they didn't know me from a hole in a wall up here like oh you live here i'm like no like and right automatically it's like they don't like you and it yeah it took a number of years for people to like cozy up to you if they see you regularly huh yeah it sounded like it was a, a really small town kind of place yeah so my, my number four is pretty short and sweet it's just that that conversation that jerry and jessica have regarding salinger where she's like asking jerry why she's defending this murderer and jerry's like well he's alleged you know and then at the end of it jessica kind of warns jerry about him saying something like you know he well he could always change his focus and come after you instead yeah you would think that would happen too and you would think that jerry would actually take her thoughts into consideration because you know jessica's usually right look at you know what the 
His name eludes me. <laughs> Salinger? Which, what, what are you talking about? Kilgrave. Oh, Kilgrave, yeah, yeah. So, you know, she didn't really take that into account, too, because mm-hmm. didn't she encounter Kilgrave? No, I don't think, Jerry didn't, but she knew all about who he was and how his power worked and stuff, because remember, she was trying to, she was trying to get to kind of harness his power. Remember, we had this whole thing in season one where we were sure about Jerry's, you know, where she was trying to, to get the baby, the, the fetus, you know, and all that, that was his child. And that uh, there was just a whole thing that we thought she was kind of nefarious involved with the, the chemical company that Jessica got her powers from. And, but she and like actually so, saw him and saw what he could do, though. Right, she knew. Yeah, she knew about him. I don't think she ever was like. I don't think she was ever exposed to him, but she knew. Yeah, she knew who he was and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you would think, hey, use this information. Hello. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Jerry was very is very interesting this season that we're seeing. It's almost a dual sides tour that we're seeing. On one hand, we're seeing this cold, controlled manipulator, and then on the other side, we see her get emotional. You know, about yeah. Kith, and we see her yelling, and we see her uh, with her disease and everything. And so there's really, we're getting a lot of layers to Jerry this season that is, is really cool. Cool. I, I really think that, too, because you you see, like you were saying, the emotional side of her and then mm-hmm. the business side of her. Right. But is there a medium in between, <laughs> you know? But yeah. I guess we'll find out. So it brings me to my number three, and my number three, when I watched it the second time, I didn't notice it the first time, but when I watched it the second time, it really looked and sounded like the officer unsnapped her holster when Jessica repeated that whatever I am line to her, and and the officer kind of put her hand on her gun, and you could kind of hear the the holster unsnap to where like she was almost a threatening, you know, she didn't pull the gun out, obviously, but almost like a threatening kind of thing uh, to Jessica and uh, then uh, and I loved actually loved Trisha's meltdown outside the station with the car she's like this is very triggering to me and she's just freaking out with all the with the car the, the alarm going off and the, the cops are trying to help her it was really funny yeah that, that those are great I'm gonna do my number four which I didn't get to oh I'm sorry <laughs> that's skipped okay right over you it happens we started, we started talking about Jerry and got got off track it's okay. Do Back your four tr- and three. I'll do my four and number three. My number four would be Malcolm and Jillian working together to help Jessica out with the investigation to sabotage Salinger. Now, mind you, this is fun because we're starting starting to see Malcolm come into his own and helping Jessica again. Some sort of trust going on between both of them, which... I really do appreciate, and I love the fact that Malcolm works well with Jessica at times. Yeah, and I love that whole exchange with Malcolm and Jillian when she's calling to get get you know the uh, agreement to get Jessica to say okay, he can look at the the evidence. And every time, like Trish would ask a question, and he would you know he'd sigh or he'd slump his shoulders or something, and Jillian would go, "His face says no." Oh, his face says that he's acting like a little child. And, you know, I really like that. My number three would be Jessica finding Nathan's body under the gazebo to expose Salinger as a murderer. The picture was a dead giveaway. Yeah, I thought that was it was kind of interesting that, you know, obviously you can see that the parents would would have never picked up on that. 
But the fact that that picture is taken before the gazebo was built and he helped build that gazebo and, you know, she, the parents tell the whole team kind of helped out and it showed that he was already, even back then, he was kind of manipulating people and getting things to help cover up his crime. But that, that picture is almost a taunting thing because what he wrote on the back, you know, he wrote, what do you write? Nathan will always be with you. Yeah. And then it was a picture of him standing in that spot where the gazebo was going to be built. Which is so yeah. scary. Yeah. Very oh chilling. My God. Very chilling. But even back then he was he was that manipulative and that, you know, uh psychotic. Yeah. I yeah, it's silence of the lambs plus mm-hmm. two. <laughs> okay, so we're back on track. That brings me to my number two. Yep. Okay, so it's just this whole idea that Salinger researched Jerry and Zaya, and he knew all about them. He knew about uh, her grades. He knew like where Jerry had been had been raised, how she came from the trailer park, and Zaya, how she got into Harvard, and all this stuff uh, that he had researched them. And then you could definitely see that it bothered him when Malcolm walked into the room and he didn't know who Malcolm was or anything about Malcolm. It bothered him that he didn't have that control. He didn't he hadn't had the time, you know, to research Malcolm and find out about him. Maybe if he had, he might have thought twice about some of the things he said and did in front of Malcolm. I don't know. Because he would have picked up on him knowing Jessica and all that. Yeah, Malcolm was the wild card that he didn't really foresee. Exactly. He didn't know exactly who, where he was walking into, what was, who was hired, who mm-hmm. they have, and I think that is a benefit to them, in a sense that he doesn't know who the hell Malcolm is. Right. Because is there any information of Malcolm when he was pretty much controlled by? Kilgrave at a certain point where he was living off the streets and doing drugs and all this other stuff and then he just comes in out of the blue. He has mm-hmm. no training, no nothing, but he is hired by Jerry. Yeah. So I'm hoping this comes to some sort of advantage against Salinger. Yeah, I think it will. So uh, that would bring right, me so to my number, number two? two. So that was your number two and my number two would be the opening scene was really good. It enticed me for what was to come, honestly, the the journey to Wappinger Falls. You know, seeing the, you know, Trish and Jessica heading out there, out of the city, just to go get everything, all, all this information about Salinger from his past. You know, that, that was really intriguing to me. I love that idea. Because they didn't know who they were up against. My number one would be the end when Jessica is challenged by Salinger at the gym with the kids looking on. That was really an intense scene. And the fact that, you know, honestly, she could have taken him down easily because she is so superpowered. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I actually had this in my notes because if we didn't discuss it, I wanted to bring it up. D- did it surprise you at all or does it show us something maybe about his coaching style? The fact that the kids are all cheering when this girl is beating up their coach? Yeah. You know, it just it seemed a little weird to me that they were all excited about him fighting this girl and her beating him up. I don't know if it's because they know she's the superpowered girl or they – they think he's a little creepy maybe i don't know that it just that, that really threw me off because it just seemed like they they would give us some sort of explanation 
as to why those kids were so, you know, so, I mean, like they were cheering and, and hooping and hollering, clapping when she slammed him to the mat. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that found that a little off kilter because it just didn't seem, it didn't seem right. It's like he was training little servants of him, his own, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, and like I said, maybe he's just a bad, maybe he's a really tough coach, and so they were excited to see him, you know, get taken down a peg. I, I, it just or it maybe weird. maybe this is his ulterior plan. You know, it's like, oh, I want to have mini me's or minions. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, 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 if it, if if that's what he was doing, he obviously wasn't accomplishing that. Yeah, because they're cheering about him getting beat up. So obviously, he's not. He's not. That's not working. Like if it was the other way around, I I would totally be with it. If it was, they were like boo or whatever, you know, or cheering when he threw her down, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But maybe it's just because they were, he was fighting a girl and they didn't. I don't know. It just it just seemed weird. It, it, it just seemed opposite. really weird. It's like okay. it's like what is he doing? It's it's like he has this ulterior motive to do all these weird, horrendous things to these people who he deems. Mm-hmm. As liars or cheats yeah. and all these things, and here he yeah. is. He's training these kids, and he's you know he's molding young yeah. minds at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. It was just weird. Okay, yeah. So we we have a couple quotes here that we really liked. Um, I, I you know it shows us a lot about his character when at the beginning when he's talking to Jerry and he says, "I take issue with unfounded arrogance." Because he tells Jerry, you know, she's going to have to prove herself to him. And that she needs him more than he needs her. Kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. And he has a very much a big, huge arrogance about him. Yeah. He thinks he sure. knows more than anybody else. I think that will be his downfall. This is what happens when you give a shit. The world just flings it back to you. Jessica's thoughts as she leaves the police station and the press conference. Yeah, yeah. And then go ahead with your next one because it it ties into mine. Okay. So, you're powered now. Your body can process a Cheeto now and then. Jessica to Trish when Trish complains about the salad. (laughs) Yeah, and I loved her reply as I'm not a fan of anything that orange. You know? (laughs) It's what she says just after. You know where that comes from too, right? Well, they're orange. No, uh, it, it was pretty much a political standpoint based upon Trump. Uh, oh, I guess. Oh, I guess I could see. I, I didn't think about that, but I guess. I guess you. Could, I could see that. I, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you're right. It could. It could have been a backhanded kind of. Political. It was. It was, and a, a lot of people have speculated, it and they actually confirmed it. So I thought it was uh, funny, though. Okay. Yeah, that is funny. All right, we got a couple of notes of things that we didn't uh, didn't mention during our top fives. Uh, yeah. Salinger calls Jessica a casualty of chemical mishap. And that's during her, uh, well, not during her, but Salinger's talk with Jerry. With Jerry, yeah. And that that was a whole, that was another one of those conversations we didn't talk a lot about is is we really see, you know, Jerry or Salinger, either one, they've kind of both found kind of someone else who feels the same way they do about powered people. And and that's that was interesting to me that whole conversation uh, between her and, and Salinger. Um, I, I like Trisha's comment about always being the vapid blonde cover, and 
you know, this is one of those things that we haven't talked a lot about because Jessica doesn't really have one, but Trish has an alter ego. Yes. You know, she has an, uh, this this person during the day who where she's pretending to be, and it's been wearing on her the for last the last several uh, episodes, especially we've seen it kind of wearing on her this idea of not being able to tell the world who she is, not show herself to the world, and I think that plays directly into the end of the episode when she calls the photographer, you know, and gets him to come make, take pictures of her jumping off that bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it, it, Trish is battling that whole patsy and celebrity and having to hide all the time. Whereas Jessica just could just be who she is, and yeah. she's content yeah. with that. And I think she admires Jessica for that, and the fact that you know Trish is the forefront and she has to hide mm-hmm. everything. I'd yeah. be surprised if they actually give her a costume at the end or, you know, uh, well, unfortunately, we're not getting another season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that whole thing played out, because I know we've watched a little bit ahead. And so we kind of know where this is going. But, yeah. Um, did you uh, that's all all of my stuff that I t- that I had in my notes. We've talked about. Was there anything else that you had there that you wanted to bring up? Um, that was pretty much it. Okay. All right. So that's it for episode seven. Uh, episode eight is called AKA camera friendly. And what we, we get is we get Salinger sending a video to Jessica saying that he's going to kill someone by seven o'clock that night. And Jessica unsuccessfully tries to convince the police to arrest him. She can't, she can't get anything out They're waiting for this body to be, to be uh, shipped back from uh, upstate New York to where they are. You know, she and Trish, so they start searching the city, trying to find out who Salinger's victim is. Uh, Malcolm's girlfriend doctors the recording to cover up what he knows about this mass superwoman. But by the end of the episode, Jessica realizes that Salinger has sent them on a wild goose chase, and she figures out who the real target of his wrath is. Sadly, though, she is too late to save Trish's mother from being killed by Salinger. Trish goes to Salinger's apartment, apparently to kill him. Jessica shows up, tries to stop her, fade to black. We got to wait for the next episode to find out if Jessica was a, was successful or not. You gave a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a spoilerful podcast. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. For those of you who haven't watched it, you know, we should have said... Why are hey. you listening to this if you haven't watched it? Uh, but that will be in the synopsis of actual the actual podcast, so obviously if you read it before you actually started playing it, please. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> so should we, we should get on to our top five. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and start this time with your what's your number five for episode eight? Well, the video that was sent to Jessica by Salinger based on the next victim, which we found find out at the end of the episode, usually they are men, but this was predictive based on the woman's dress. I thought it was funny how Trish put Dorothy on the show and left her there to finish it, but the look on Rebecca DeMornay's face was priceless. You know, I, I love that look because it was like she was in her element, you know, at that time. Yeah. 
And that's a really cool thing that we we get to kind of see Trish and Jessica working together. And it's 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 Jessica. It's Jessica. It's Trish who kind of says, you know, she's the one who who brings up the fact that all of Salinger's uh, victims prior to this have been men. And then when they when they realize that it's this woman, and she's like, wait, it's a black haired woman who's got on like a black kind of jacket, and it's Trish who's the one who says, oh, that's a surrogate for you. He's kind of found somebody who kind of resembles you a little bit and that's who he's going after. I thought that was really interesting, especially when we find out at the end of the episode that it was all uh, just a red herring. Yeah. Uh, so my number five is uh, Costa calling uh, Jessica about uh, the appearance of the mass, mass vigilante. You know, it's, it's interesting that this, the fact that, that uh, her being in the news, it's causing him problems with the police and Jessica's like well that has nothing to do with Salinger and he's like no it has everything to do with Salinger because I lose my clout because I didn't know about this this other superpowered woman and now it looks like you guys are kind of working together and so Costa has really lost some position in the police department because of this stuff yeah uh, it's you know it's putting a wrench or a monkey wrench into his uh, investigation so Mm-hmm. And he knows that Jessica knows something. It's just that she can't say, and yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But you know, I think I I love the idea of Costa, Costas or Costa, Costa. Costa. I think it's Costa. I think it's Costa. Yeah, there's no yeah. S. There's no S on the I, end. I love the idea of this character. He, I'm I'm loving this character, and unfortunately, I hate saying it every time we love a character. Guess what happens? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I I. Honestly, I'm not going into anything, and I'm not speculating anything, because this is a rewatch to me again. I watched it all the way through. Can I remember everything? No. But as I rewatch and I do these podcasts, it's just like, oh, or ah, or that happened, because I have to do it with a keen eye. But the funny thing is, is I, I love the character. I love the idea of this character. Uh, kind of like how Frank Whaley, you know, made me feel in that show that one time. So, yeah. Even though, you know, Frank Whaley kind of didn't make me feel good about myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I like Frank Whaley and how he, how he portrays certain characters, too. But yeah. the thing is, is this, this actor did a really good job. I love how he was able to convey the character of Costa. So, yeah. you know, and as we say, you know, as soon as we start to develop a, a feeling for a character, they might go. And I don't want yep. this character to go, <laughs> just like Jillian. <laughs> well, all right. What's your number four? My number four, after my little rant, yes. uh, that would be that intense scene when Jerry talks to Malcolm about the surveillance camera and he was in the room and Mrs. Trish, according to the video. Jerry's talk about powered people and, quote-unquote, their kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's like Hogarth it has a prejudice towards, you know, powered people or something. Or was this something that she adopted from Salinger and his talk about powered people during their little talk at that time when, you know, Malcolm showed up and he was kind of like, I don't know who you are. You know, Salinger yeah. didn't know who he was. And he couldn't put two and two together yeah. and use his massive brain to use. 
Yeah, that's that was again. That's one of those interesting things that we see this kind of of shift in in Jerry from Jessica being her client, kind of sort of being a friend. I think it's it's this episode or the next episode when uh, Jessica says to her, you know, what are we? Are we friends or was it the last episode? I think it was the last episode actually when she's like, we may not be friends, we may not be colleagues, but we're at least now we're together. We're both intermixed into this Salinger thing and we've got to we've got to try to work together. And so it's it's interesting to see these like I said this kind of back and forth. Uh, my number four, I kind of talked about it towards the end of our discussion of the last episode, but it's just this Trish trying to maintain uh, her identity and her kind of alternate identity and, and her mom uh, being her publicist and suggesting like a cat-like costume for her uh, <laughs> was really was really kind of funny, especially when you look at the comic books. And I, I do totally agree with you that her, you you wonder, in some ways you wonder if she kind of helped put her mom into Salinger's kind of spotlight. Uh, but yeah, that is true because it put her in his brain mm-hmm. and, right. and she became a target. So he yeah. was kind of obsessed at that point to go after mm-hmm. her. So, yeah. So what is your number three? My number three would be the interview with Jessica does with the news program uh yeah that that was pretty funny i love how she just throws away the script that dorothy uh dorothy (laughs) and trish give her to play it right with the news team you know she she's just jessica you know she just it's like i'm just gonna curse (laughs) i'm just gonna say how i feel and this is what i want and then Dorothy at the end with the save with the advertisement for Alias Investigations. <laughs> yeah, I love how Jessica's J- Jessica's pulling these pictures up and the the interviewers grabbing them and pulling them down and going, "No, we don't. No, we don't endorse this. No, no, we're not." But then she puts her own. You know, she holds up her own picture when she shows the picture of the masked vigilante. So it was kind of like a, a back and forth kind of thing. It was a really a really good scene. Yeah, I love that idea. Uh, brings us to my number three. Yep. And uh, you kind of already talked about it. I should have brought it up when you, you mentioned it. But that look on Malcolm's face when he sees Jerry and Zaya and they're watching the video where he knows what really happened in the video. He knows that he actually had a few minutes and talks to Trish. But then he realizes that it was it was doctored. It was edited by obviously by Zaya. And then Jerry puts him on the case of finding this masked vigilante, who he already knows. And I'm kind of surprised that Jerry never even considers for a second that it could be Trish. Maybe it's just because she she thinks of Trish as the blonde, like we talked about the with the last the last episode. She thinks of Trish as the blonde, vapid kind of you know a space case celebrity psycho whatever. Uh, you know, the guy at the coffee store calls her child star psycho or something like that. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's all Jerry thinks of her as well. So she doesn't even consider the fact that this mass vigilante could be Trish, which is the perfect way to conceal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like back in 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 one of the, the Batman's, like the Val Kilmer Batman, where he really plays up the the kind of rich, rich kid just blown away daddy's money kind of thing we saw a little bit of that with the christian bale batman yeah but we we don't we don't get to see as much of that uh with these new avengers movies because all of their you know their identities are out front 
Well, except and for Spider-Man. So, except for, yeah, except for Spider-Man. So, which I haven't watched Far From Home yet, so don't spoil it. I me. didn't go see it yet. Oh, no. Good. I'm going I think this I'm gonna weekend. Try to see it so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to see it this weekend. So, my number two would be uh, Jerry's talk about Jessica and what she wants to do to Jessica if Jessica doesn't stop interfering to Malcolm. with Or with Malcolm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it seems like Jerry has gone anti-Jessica at this point. Yeah, at this point, she's definitely, she's totally anti-Jessica, and she kind of wants Malcolm to make a choice, and we're going to see that in the next few episodes where she's going to try to try to force Malcolm to kind of make a choice between between them. But, uh, you know, we know Malcolm's going to stay loyal to Jessica. At least I hope he is. Yeah, I, I love the idea of Malcolm, and I really still, even though that, who was it, Eric, that actually felt some bad in him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, real, real, real little, bit. little, little Not, bit. I yeah, think, but I, I, I really I, don't think anything like this about Malcolm at all. Right. I think right. he's and a really good Malcolm person at really... heart, and I think he's going to stick true to his friends, his family, and do the right thing. And I think his redemption arc at this point. Uh, maybe not at this point, but we're going to see him kind of redeem himself. And I hope we get that scene with him and Eric where Eric changes his mind about about him. I hope. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, brings us to my number two. And uh, it was just Jessica trashing Salinger's apartment there when when they find the guy uh, squatting. The guy who Salinger paid to watch TV to just sit in his apartment and watch TV. And the cops thought it was Salinger. Uh, and, you know, that app, I was a little unclear about how that app works. Because obviously she didn't have his phone number or, or she would have tried to trace his phone. So she must have been able to reply back using that same app uh, to his video that he sent her i guess i don't know that app was just very unclear to me yeah it was a little bit unclear i agree Mm -hmm. so that would bring me to my number one your number one my number one that would be that shocking ending Mm -hmm. you know it was really sad to see and I was horrified when I was like, No, not Rebecca De Mornay. <laughs> Dorothy was the victim that Salinger was going for. Basically to mm-hmm. hit home at Trish. How Trish finds her. Uh, my mouth was on the floor when I saw this, honestly. I was just like, What the uh? And then yeah, yeah. you know, then the cliffhanger of Trish with the broken glass at Salinger's throat. Her taking out her revenge, clawing his face, doing all this other stuff. Oh my God, she was out for vengeance. Yeah, yeah, and this is kind of kind of plays into my number one because my number one was this whole plan that he had. Uh, apparently, he had throughout the whole day to to have Jessica and Trish or the other mass vigilante. He was he didn't know it was Trish at that time, uh, running all over the city trying to find this woman who he had no intentions of hurting. And so it was interesting. Did he figure out, you think, that Trish um, was the other woman before this? And that's why he went to kill Dorothy? Or was it simply to get back at Jessica? Because that is Jessica's adoptive mother. Yeah, I think it had to do with Jessica and the fact that that was her adoptive mother. And the fact that he had no clue about Trish and what she was capable of. It was meant to get at Jessica. Yeah, oh, I think so. I think you're right. And he must have done it sometime in between, you know, shooting those videos and kind of creating that path for them. But then at some point, he 
he, you know, because he comes back to the apartment with the coffee cup and the police are like, hey, you know, what are you what have you been doing all day? And he's like, I just went to get a cup of coffee. Is it a crime to slip past you guys? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and he's like, I'll, I'll have your badges if you come up after me. Bah. You know, yeah, like and, a, a typical and, I'm pompous. I know what I'm talking about attitude. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. And and so it just it just uh, it's one of those things that just just irked. It's like, uh, can we get rid of him already? <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, we had a couple. So we had of quotes. some quotes. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and start. Uh, some people are born to be out front. Oh, I'll do that again. Some people are born to be out front. The good, the bad, the ugly. Luckily, I don't give a shit what people think about me. Jessica talking about Trish in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only one I really have is uh, is that when she gets that second video uh, from Salinger, when she sends Salinger the video of her, and uh, she gets she gets the reply back to him, and she says, well, it turns out vandalism is both fun and effective. <laughs> I gotta love that. Uh, the only other one I would have would be we only have a few hours for this hero shit, and that would be Jessica after the interview. And I think that was directed uh, towards Trish? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they're trying to figure out who the woman is. Um, I had a couple of notes, things that we didn't really bring up, and that's uh, Malcolm having his conversation with Zaya, where she asks, why did I edit that video? And I thought that was really good because it shows us, again, it shows us Malcolm trying to come back, trying to break free of Hogarth. And we're not going to see him do it for a couple more episodes or maybe the next episode, I think. But he does finally break free. But it's just that that idea that that she still loves him. They still love each other and she still didn't want him to be ruined in front of Jerry's eyes. Yeah. Definitely. What was yours? Uh, my additional notes would be... <clears throat> I like the fact that they show Costa as a gay man and looking to adopt with his husband. Honestly, uh, they really didn't broach any of this to any other Netflix shows for Marvel. So this is the first time we're actually seeing, uh, I think, for an LGBTQ you know, community within the show. Yeah. And yeah, the fact I think that he's so, a police officer, think, too. Yeah, I think even on, like, Defenders TV podcast, they mentioned the fact that that just Jerry's um, uh, portrayal, not Jerry's, um, the actress's name is escaping me, Trinity, um, her portrayal of a lesbian woman is a really good, they really, really like that. We don't really, we don't really have that anywhere else in the Marvel Universe. And we had that brief scene in Endgame with the, the, the guy uh, telling a story about the date he went on. Um, but we really, we haven't gotten the treatment of those characters in this universe very much. So that yeah. it is, it is kind of good to see that, that treatment of them. And I kind of love that, that Jessica kind of joked about it. Well, divorce is, is, is terrible or something like that. And he goes, no, 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 it's not, we're not getting divorced. We're trying to adopt a child. So, yeah. And the fact that, you know, Jerry was shown first but mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, you have Costa now. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, you have multiple, which is amazing. I, I, I really enjoy the fact and the idea of this because this is part of the world, you know. Yeah. And we get to see this and, in this world. And I'm happy yeah. about that. And we didn't we didn't bring up the fact what was the deal with Salinger coming back to the apartment and finding the worms and then like pulling them up and like smelling them with it was that was did, was that not weird? Yeah, it was weird. And <laughs> I, he's weird I, as it is. So I didn't I didn't catch it the first time I watched it, but then the second time just recently, a couple hours ago watching it, I was like, wait a minute, is that the worms? Is he pulling them out of the the habitat or yeah, that, yeah, that he was playing with them. And he's and playing with I was just like, what is that? It's just weird. I don't know. Is that he's got a little common? thing going on. I don't know. That's his I, thing. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> well, that wraps up our uh review of episode seven and eight anything else to add mark for these two episodes kind of together i'm enjoying the actual season itself as a whole Uh, this is amazing how this is the last of the marvel netflix and they ended i'm feeling that they're ending this on a, a good note but the fact that you know we left i don't know on a hanger (laughs) <laughs> with the others, you know, with oh, Punisher, yeah, yeah. With the other shows, Daredevil, yeah. well, Luke Cage, yeah. Iron Fist. Yeah. You know, all It's of them. unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate all those shows ended not knowing that there wasn't going to be any more. Yeah. Because you, you definitely think they could have found a way. I mean, Punisher, I think Punisher had a really good ending just knowing that he's still out there doing his Punisher thing, yeah. which is fine. And and so it wasn't really it kind of is a cl- it, it you know it's not really a cliffhanger but I guess from what I've been told um, definitely Luke Cage and Daredevil both had endings from what I understand that were kind of cliffhanger endings that definitely would have warranted a next season had this whole debacle not happened. That is correct. And to let all our listeners know, yes, you heard it. We had it right in front of the episode. You heard Ross Marquand actually shout out to our podcast. I got to yes, meet him this past much. weekend at FanFest. This is about a week or two weeks away, so uh, you probably heard it on the last episode, but I'm just mentioning it now. And it was cool to talk to Ross. He's amazing. I love him as a Red Skull. He's also great as Aaron in The Walking Dead. So, uh... Thanks to Ross Marquand for a little shout out. We love you and we hope to have you on if you can possibly do that. <laughs> yes, thanks Ross. So, uh we I got a little bit of comic book talk and this yeah. happened and as we record this, this is the Friday after uh, the Walking Dead ended on comics. So everybody out there, yes, you already know. Everybody's crying. Everybody's upset. But honestly, the, in my opinion, the comic left off at a great note. I love the way that Robert ended it. I will cherish this one because I'm hoping that the show actually does the same in some respect because you know he's been talking about it for year and for years and honestly when he said that he said this about maybe 10 years ago when once Rick Grimes dies that's the end of the comic and that's literally what had happened uh in issue 192 Rick got shot he died he was killed by Carl Spoilers, obviously, but if you haven't read the comic and you're not a fan, 
you know, deal. <laughs> I, I honestly, it's, it, it was the outcome. That was the Grimes family tribute, literally. And that's what this is. And it shows Carl years later. And uh, I just love the idea and where everything has gone. And I just can only say I know it sold out. But there will be reprints coming out. So I suggest everybody go out there, buy the reprint. Because the first pressing was done in limited. They only cater to those comic shops that have pull lists or people that wanted the comic or they only grabbed X amount of issues. So that first printing is very hard to come by. And I'm not saying that for you to go out there and capture it and get it and then sell it. I'm just saying that, you know, read the comic itself. The compendium is going to probably going to come out with it specifically with it. So Compendium 4 will be out there. There are four total Compendiums that are going to be out there. We have already had the first three. The number four should be coming out, and I'm hoping within the next three months. Because, you know, uh, if any of you that are just Compendium fans, or you get the, the books that are independent, like the graphic novel, because I don't know what issue graphic novel they're up to, because they only do about five books at a time so i i recommend everybody uh, go out there and uh pick up this book because i enjoyed it i loved it for the run that it had i didn't get into it until about 2009 and you know here we are it's at the end but the benefit behind that is that we could actually read it in compendium form if you needed to and we still have the show. And I'm a huge fan of the show. Steve's a huge fan of the show. And obviously, you know I'm on The Walking Dead talk through. So, <laughs> All right. So our podcast recommendations. I really only have, for me, only one big podcast recommendation uh, this week. And that Strange Indeed on the Podcast Network is back with their new, uh, say, new season of Stranger Things dropping this week. And I'm assuming their episode review of episode one is going to be coming out pretty soon. Oh, yeah. And I watched the whole season, and I sent my feedback to them, and I loved it. But I'm not going to spoil anything past season uh, episode one. So, yeah. nope. No spoilers for that. Nope. nope, nope, not, nope, nope, nope. not on this podcast. Not on this podcast, no. But I enjoyed <laughs> it, and I suggest everybody go out there and watch it. Binge watch it. Watch it episode by episode. Send Rima and Sean some sort of feedback because I do. Steve does. Uh, a lot of our friends do. So they enjoy it. We enjoy it. We suggest you watch it and listen to them. All right. So to submit your feedback, if your theories and feedbacks to us, you can go to our Facebook group, which is on facebook.com slash panels to pixels, or you can email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO is spelled out there in the middle and the number one at gmail.com. There are other ways to hear us uh, right now. You could actually hear me on a, another podcast, and that would be the Walking Dead Talk Through on Golden Spiral Media with Brian Malosh. Uh, currently, we're working and discussing Fear of the Walking Dead. So, if you guys are fans of The Walking Dead or Fear of the Walking Dead, I suggest you go out there and listen. 
Uh, currently, we're in the middle of Season 5, so we're having fun with that. And you'll hear Brian and Kyle and myself talk about it. And you can hear me right here, of course, and I send in feedback to various other podcasts on different podcast networks. People people know my voice at this point, and uh, some people like it. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I love hearing Steve on other podcasts. It's so fun. It's like, oh, familiar voice. I love it. So, uh, yeah. Have you sent anything else out recently? Not, not this week. I had uh, to let people know I had a little... Um, Anyway, just had some personal life things brought uh, brought up this week, and uh, I only sent in feedback to Strange Indeed uh, for this week. But I will be back on with everybody with the sitting Fear the Walking Dead talk through Walking Dead cast Legion Lost all of them. I'll get feedback to all of them next week. Awesome. And then the week after that, I'll be gone. But yeah, but <laughs> we will okay. still have podcast people. Yes. So you'll you'll have more to listen to from Steve and I. So with that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. Good night.